The bounce back is finally underway after a whole month of mediocrity. The Warriors, I would say, are fighting back. What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catching Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my splash bro, and my co-host, Zach. My guy, three great wins, but before we talk about Warriors basketball, I mean, March Madness is around the corner, so... How are you feeling about your Michigan State Spartans going into the dance? Uh, they're winning it all, by the way. Just <laughs> put it out there. Um, I'm hoping they get that seven seed and then mess with a little bit of two mess up a uh, two seeds uh, aspirations of winning it all. Just going in there and messing up the messing up everyone's bracket. They need to go on. They're going to go on a little bit of a run. They're, they're going to be dangerous. Y'all better watch out. But I'd like to point out um, about tonight's game. Jonathan Kaminga. Man is, like I said before, a mini version of Giannis. So, for the game, um, there was a Bucks player in the locker room was sitting next to Giannis, and uh, he said that Jonathan Kaminga walked in our locker room, and he walked right by me, um, and he was like, what the hell is he coming in here for? And Kaminga tapped Giannis on the leg, and he said, lace him up. It's going to be a long fucking night. Excuse my French. Jonathan Kaminga, man... He's got some balls for doing that. Just kidding, everyone. That that's it's that's a, a fake quote. You got you almost got ball sacked. You know that uh, yeah. that 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 Twitter handle ball sack sports. Yep. Shout out to that guy. And probably the best comment from this in this comment section is Logan Webb saying, "Is this actually true? Because if so, he might be my favorite player." And then under that, he said he got catfished because it wasn't true. Shout out to Logan Webb. Love that man. Also, don't uh, don't fall for. Uh, Fake quotes out there, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, don't, don't be, them. don't fall be like them. Kendrick Perkins or Stephen A. Smith going on first take and uh, using Ballsack Sports as their source. So uh, make sure to know where your sources are coming from. Um, make sure you get those reliable sources out there. Fall <laughs> yeah. for the quotes. Fall for them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So three and zero. A great bounce back, I would say. Um, different ways that the Warriors won, but we'll just go with like the key takeaways or something. I just wanted to start off with um, Steph going back to his old rotation where it's not really like the 12-6, 12-6 that we're used to. It's kind of like a variation of it where it's a 10-8, 10-8. Obviously, Steph's not going to be closing out quarters, but that having that only one rest in between halves in uh, each half, I feel like it's beneficial with his rhythm. So I want to see talk to you, Zach. Uh, we saw how much Steve Kerr robbed us of... Oh, my God. Stop it with that mantra, man. Let's stop. Let's... <laughs> Steve Kerr didn't rob any of us of crap, bro. Steve he Kerr robbed didn't... us of Steph MVP performances. Like, we saw this in Denver. No, let's, um... let, let's, let's, let's get this straight real quick. Steph still wouldn't have won the MVP, even if he had those rotations when he was shooting like garbage after he broke the record. I don't think the rotations would have... 
if he was in those rotations, he wouldn't have gotten into that slump. That's BS. So I'm I'm gonna get a lot of hate because I'm defending Steve Kerr, but <laughs> I'm just saying he still would have won, he still wouldn't have won MVP because of the slump he was in. But you can go on and continue there. No, but I, I just wanted to say though, because like we saw the rotation, like how his rhythm was, I guess what do you call like disrupted because like the whole take him out for four minutes and bring him back in, like I don't know, like eight minutes to go and then take him out again. Like you see the difference. We saw it in the end of the third against Denver where Steph just went on as like his curry flurry as we're all accustomed to. Like it's what we're used to with Steph. And obviously his numbers have dipped a little this year, but he's still playing phenomenal. I'm not, um, what do you call it? Like not um, saying he regressed or anything or like, um, like a decline, what people say on Twitter. I don't. I don't. I don't get the the Twitter takes when people say uh, he's on a decline. He's on a. He's not on a decline. Like what? Well, he's like twenty six, I think forty eight, and like thirty something. That's Twitter. Not- Twitter is an app where people get to express their wild opinions and takes. And there's way too many people out here who take those. Take that stuff seriously. So I mean, I don't take it seriously, but it's just kind of. I'm not. I'm not saying you take it seriously, but there are some people who take that take that type of stuff personally and way too seriously. Like, man, it's an app. You have a life outside of Twitter, brother. Come on, let's let's turn off your phone. Go outside. Go see. Go get get some fresh air, man. We don't need to get all worked up about how some guy with the username. The Mickey 500 hated on LeBron, bro. The guy's probably the kid's probably 12 years old. Chill out. Those those Twitter fingers are uh are uh are a menace sometimes. You know, you can you can set off a whole following with just like a sentence or so. Like you can say something like how LeBron got carried, and you can just like get ratioed or something like that. So um yeah, okay. Um, moving on to like the whole defense stuff. I mean, credit to Kavon Looney. I mean, the guy has been an absolute monster when he has been playing against Jokic and against Giannis tonight. So, like, Zach, I mean, were you expecting like this amount of like defense, like, I don't know, um, pressure expected on Jokic and Giannis and like the way they were able to counter them on the defensive side? Um, excuse me. Uh, I, uh, um, what was I going to say? Kevon Looney put a Nikola Jokic in jail on Thursday night. He did. Um, but I would like to point out that, uh, that Nikola Jokic is still a monster and he's still an MVP caliber player. And I seriously think, uh, with if they get Jamal Murray back and Michael Porter Jr. back, as much as I don't believe in how much money the Nuggets gave Michael Porter Jr. offseason was right, um, I still think those three can be a legitimate title contender. Um, but I think the story of Thursday night was... It was honestly, it was honestly probably Jordan Poole and Steph Curry, because you realistically look at it, you had that closing lineup of Steph, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, 
Wiggins was on the floor. Uh, yeah, bit. it was those three Wiggins and then Looney at yeah. the end. Okay, that makes sense. But I'm just saying, I'm the way how Steph got all that attention, gets the double team, and it finds the wide open Jordan Poole, and he knocks down two clutch shots back to back possessions. Just shows me that the man has arrived and he needs to get, he's going to get a bag this summer. He's going to get paid a lot of money. And the way the, the Warriors are going to have to deal with that is that most likely moving on from Andrew Wiggins. Um, but I think it gets over. I think I, I just think it was amazing how well Kavan Looney handled Jokic and Giannis on Thursday and Saturday night. The dude was gassed after the Nuggets game. You could see it after like four quarters going up against the reigning MVP. Uh, Jokic had literally had scratch marks on him. But like the way that obviously Jokic was on a second end of a back-to-back, but um, – Looney did wonders against Jokic. He was able to cut off passing lights. He was able to um, get to positions and just kind of stay in front of him. That's what's most important with guarding those kind of guys. So obviously, again, credit to Looney. But you mentioned one thing, um, the Steph, Clay, and Poole lineup. We saw this in Denver. We saw it in the starting lineup in Milwaukee. It's a death um, lineup part two. Yeah, do you see this uh, three, three like guard lineup with Steph Clay and Poole moving forward? Like this is going to be a big part later on. Do you think? Yes, because so? I seriously think next year when you resign Jordan Poole, you move on from Andrew Wiggins, um, you put on the floor Steph Jordan Poole. As much as I don't like putting Clay at the three, you put Clay at the three. You have Draymond and come on Looney. But it's seriously during a playoff lineup. You, I, what I want to see is I want to see Steph, Jordan Poole, Clay, Kuminga, and Draymond. Holy smokes! You have three shooters and two great, well, Jonathan Kuminga and his athleticism, and how great a defender he is, and then Draymond at the five. It's basically pick your poison, right? Exactly. you know, in the Milwaukee game, uh, Milwaukee sold out on Steph, like what Toronto did, I guess, in their matchups this season, where we're not going to let Steph uh, beat us. We're going to let Poole, Clay, or Wiggins beat us. And um, that strategy bit them in the behind, where we saw Clay go off. We saw Poole go off. We saw Wiggins finally getting back his groove. It's just, you can't do that anymore. Like how we said, last season where um, if you double Steph, all that's just the game plan, just double Steph and just hope the role players can beat them. And with now these days we saw in, in a lot of plays where Steph gets doubled and you have Clay Thompson wide open. Like, <laughs> like you're really letting Clay Thompson wide open. That's why everyone was so high on the Warriors. That's why a lot of fans have been high on this team. When Clay comes back, like, it's basically, I want. I don't want to say over, but it's looking good for the Warriors. Like, it's not for. It's not pressuring staff to score forty a night, and then you basically lose every time. So, it's great to see Poole coming into his own. Clay finding his rhythm, and 
Wiggins trying to find his confidence again. So, um, yeah, I mean, what do you think about how Wiggins finally getting over 20 points uh, after like a month or so? I don't remember his last 20 point game, but like he finally hit two free throws, too. So do you think this is the first step? To usually pre- seeing all star wigs, using the pressure off of him, he was the third option tonight. I guess you could say fourth option if third, he was the third, third option. option. I mean, I think he didn't have a lot of pressure on him, which I think helps. Um, I didn't really expect him to do anything. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't have any high hopes. A max um, guy. We're a max guy. A max trick at Andrew Wiggins. We're just hoping that he just scores at least ten points, huh? At this point, huh? that's a, that's how we set in the standards. So I'm like, that's true. I mean, you're we're not we're not wrong, but like, yeah. I mean, but, if it's All Star Wiggins, you would expect you would expect something a bit more. But um, I want more. Um, but. <laughs> I thought he was good. I thought he was good tonight. Um, three ball was falling. He was hitting the free throws, which matters. Um, but like I said before, I think it just shows you how good Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole showed how good he is tonight and if the potential he can reach. Um, Jonathan Kaminga as well, Moses Moody. And if you really look at it, Steeker had an A-man rotation tonight. Steve was like, I've been reading Twitter. I've been reading all the Warriors fans saying Damian Lee minutes and JTA minutes. We're done with that. And he decided the pull-up was Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, and Belly as the as the other three guys. As much Belly he, he airballed a lay. He missed a wide open layup. He's probably the worst player out of the eight playing, uh, <laughs> other than garbage time. But seriously, uh Quindary Weatherspoon, I think who's been balling in the G league. I think he is better than both belly Damian Lee and JTA. And he doesn't get any minutes at all. I agree with that. We saw it. We saw it in the Phoenix game on Christmas. That was his most, his most, most influential game um, this season. And I want to see Quindary Weatherspoon get a shot. Um, but I feel like we're kind of late into the season and it's kind of, iffy to try to throw in a guy belly's on the floor just to give the five minutes of rest for kavan looney and it can be that's going to be james wiseman later on yeah exactly but it it can be hideous at times but if the warriors are winning it gets the job done in my opinion um but yeah like you said it it's going to be james wiseman in a couple days to weeks so I mean, that um, eight-man rotation is basically solidified mostly, right? But if you look at it for the playoffs, you probably get eight, ten men. You probably have Steph. You probably have a starting line. Yeah. You probably have a starting lineup at first of Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Looney. Then you have Jordan Poole, GP2, Kaminga. Iggy, Kaminga, Moody, OPJ. Wiseman, Wiseman, and Otto Porter. Porter. And Otto Porter. So, like, 11 guys. Um, and if you can you, mix and match you, him with that. You literally look at the whole uh, that whole bench unit, but other than Wiseman, everyone provides, everyone provides good minutes, positive minutes, in my opinion. 
there's not one guy who can be a detriment on the floor um, other than Wiseman, but we need to see how Wiseman looks. Um, uh, I mean, the only detriment out of all those guys is Iggy because he could play fuck, he could play damn one game and then he'd be out for the rest of the series. So, um, but <laughs> he hasn't played since January or something. <laughs> but um, I see. It's exciting how the Warriors have so many guys they can mix and match with. Um, but I, they're going to have to limit it down going into the postseason. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of Wiseman, um, we saw his G League debut on Thursday against the Stockton Kings. Um, were you able to see any like footage or like clips of that? In dunked, any chance? dunked multiple times, and he had 18 points and six rebounds. Yeah, so I mean, Looked good. I saw a couple clips. Obviously, it was a little rusty, but um, obviously, he looks, still looks really raw. And I, like we I'm, said, I'm, I'm not raw. expecting much out of Wiseman, just like a minutes absorber. Use, this, uh, use his six fouls, honestly. That's what I'm seeing out of Wiseman. Um, but as, if he can improve on the defensive positioning, that's what's key moving forward because you can use that later on if you need a big to just guard against some big men at least. Right. So yep, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, Draymond green's coming back on the 14th. I think that's, that's been confirmed already. So Monday. how excited are we? How excited are you to uh, see the three of them finally be on the court ever since for the first time since 2019? Uh, it's it's going to be emotional. Like seriously, man, that. Those three really brought – they brought me a lot of happiness in my life. I won't be completely honest. And this make it – we make it – they brought me a lot of happiness. I seriously remember – I think it was – it was summer after – just summer after seventh grade when game six when they beat the Cavs and they won uh, their first title in 2015 – Man, that was it, it, 2016, that heartbreak with Game 7, and KD coming, Draymond crying in the parking lot to make sure KD came. That's false. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good it's – a, it's, a, it's a fun story, though. Um, and then 2017, Draymond, KD, Steph, Clay. I think – Steph Clay and Draymond have are the true true definition of what it means to build it from build it from the bottom and then take it all the way to the top. You draft all three of these guys three years or draft all these three guys and then you put guys like Harrison Barnes, Andre Godala, Fesses Azili. Um, oh, good Barbosa, Livingston, yeah, exactly. All these guys around them, and then you win championships. And I, I, I seriously think that's not common in the NBA anymore. You have it's teams, so rare, it's so you, rare. You have teams like Nets trading for or going after and signing Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, then trading for James Harden, then that not working out, and then the Sixers going in trading for James Harden, the Nets acquiring Ben Simmons to try to put it together. Um, 
you just don't see it happening anymore. Um, but that's why I admire teams like, for example, the Celtics who drafted guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum who are trying to build that stuff from the bottom, build that, build it from drafts and then build it and try to win a championship, which like, just like the Warriors did. I don't really like the, let's sign a bunch of superstars and trade for a bunch of superstars and win a championship. It just doesn't feel good. It, I mean, it feels good to win a championship, but it doesn't feel natural or organic. Exactly. Or exactly. I mean, we're kind of we're kind of seeing it with like the ground up. We see we're seeing it with Memphis. We're seeing it with John Morant, um, those guys, and kind of with the Suns. Mine is Chris Paul. I mean, Booker and Aiton were drafted by the Suns. So I mean, you got those guys. I got the Mavs with Luca, um, Atlanta with Trey. Um, it's just. Um, it's slowly and Giannis too with the Bucks. So I mean, um, having that homegrown talent is what makes it special, and that's why when it's all said and done, you're going to get Steph Clay and Dre statues outside of Chase Center. So, no doubt about that. It's a good. It, it it's it's a good feeling to have three guys who were drafted by this organization who have won championships with this organization who just don't complain at all about leaving or contracts or gossip at all. And I think it's special to see three guys who are loyal to their team and loyal to the organizations. You don't see that anymore. I mean, you have to admire guys like Damian Lillard, who doesn't run from the grind, who sticks with the team and just rides it out. Guys like Matthew Stafford who were there with the Lions through the dog days for 13 years and then finally just couldn't get over the hump and decided to leave, which – why the fuck did I start talking about the Lions? But that's fine. Um, <laughs> the Lions bring you heartbreak, bro. No need to talk about them. I'm just saying that overall, you just got to admire Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And their true loyalty to the Warriors organization as a whole, and you're just basically turning the organization around. Yeah, I mean, they brought three championships, and you know, obviously, they're not done yet. So, not done um, yet. Their legacies are already cemented in NBA history forever. And it's three Um, top seventy-five players, in my opinion. Those are three top seventy-five players. If anyone debates their impact on the game, are truly capping? Are you just true haters? <sighs> like I know, I know, like I kind of dog on LeBron a little bit, but I know that LeBron's a great. Like he's one of the best in who to ever do it. He's one and two with MJ and him. So I, I get, I know what LeBron does, and I get that. So um, I'm not hating on LeBron. It's just you know, I just hate the his fans. They're a little toxic sometimes. Well, and Steph, Clay, and Draymond, you have two of the greatest shooters of all time and one guy who's one of the greatest defenders of all time, one of the greatest defenders in this decade, and one of the most unique players of all time in changing the game, in my opinion. Have you ever seen a power forward put up two points 13 assists and 11 rebounds and four blocks. 
often. Um, but they're all three of them are unique in their own ways, and see them on the floor on Monday night, it's going to be special. Um, and Can't wait. I think the Warriors, they ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. All right. That'll conclude episode number 79. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Episode 79 of the Catching Dips podcast. Make sure you uh, follow us on Instagram at Catching Dips Pod and on Twitter at Dubs Pod. And catch you in the next one. And Monday night, it's going to be special, baby.